0: In the following live session recording, Tony Branham, campus minister at Armstrong campus of Georgia Southern University, and with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, leads a session entitled Adulting 101, What Do We Do Now? Your child is heading off to college and the two of you have no clue how to navigate what's coming. In the world of shifting roles and expectations, the listener will discover ways to maneuver the path of adulting with your child, including critical thinking, problem-solving, life skills, and so on, while still loving and respecting one another. Let's join Tony now. The first time I heard the word adulting, used in the form of a verb, was about four years ago. And it came from a student who was a senior getting ready to graduate from college. And she basically said, I guess I'm going to have to go adult now. So based on that, what I just said, then what would the definition of adulting be? <clears throat> Get in the
1: real world.
0: <laughs> what? Growing up. Growing up. <laughs> That's what we used to call it. I got to grow up. And that was this fancier word called adulting. <laughs> yeah, so the reality is college students and your students, your daughters, is getting ready to go off. It's the same thing that's been going on forever. It's not new. They just have to grow up. Just like all of us have to grow up or had to grow up or hopefully are still growing up, right? Yeah. Um, so adulting is not even really that big of a deal other than we just all need to do it. They need to grow up. The reality is, most of them haven't grown up so one of the biggest issues critical thinking we can talk about that as little or as much as y'all want to because they don't know how to do it here's the problem you know when most people learn critical thinking fourth grade that's when you start taking problem solving algebra and things like that the reason you take those things is so you can learn how to problem solve so if they're supposed to learn in fourth grade and they're now 18 and 20 and 21 and they don't know how to do it, what happened? Can't so what What happened, but what happened? Why are they not learning it in fourth grade and now they're 18, 19, 20? You have to answer that question in order to know how to fix it, right? What happened? Any ideas, what do you think happened? There's probably not a answer, there's probably a lot of answers, but why is it that people don't know how to do it?
2: Well, there's. I think there's two answers I can think of right <coughs> off. Um, that we did it for them a
0: lot of times.
2: Maybe it was us helicopter parents or whatever going. Oh, we do this, then instead let them try to figure it out. And also, new math and everything else came along, so they didn't focus on the critical thinking anymore. They went to whatever the new way of doing it was. All right. What else? Those you are, you right? add to it smartphones and social media, because yeah, um,
0: right.
3: those are the social media influencers are where they get their information. It's where they find out what they think is right or wrong, or what should be or shouldn't be, <laughs> um, rather than parents or grandparents. Or
0: Okay. What else? Those are good. So if we identify the things that cause it to be where it is, then the we to, the, the we've got to deal with those things to fix where we are. So that means each of us, wherever we are with whatever our circumstances, have got to start at that beginning point and then figure out what we do to make it be. Um, I only have a couple of philosophies in life. <clears throat> One is smarter, not harder. Like, I don't want to work harder than I have to. I already got plenty to do, so I I want to do it smarter, not harder. And the other one is really quite simple. Treat everybody like they're stupid. Now, the reason is if I start with the fact that you're stupid, I can always build up. And I guess that's why I do okay with students, because I just assume they don't know anything. I I wrote myself some notes up here on the board so I wouldn't forget. So I, I want to just give you some examples of this week. As a matter of fact, Two of these come from last night, but I want to start with the air light. So back in the spring, we're sitting around the BCM, and this girl comes in, and she says, I'm going to have to go to the mechanic. My air light came on telling me my tire pressure's low. I'm going to have to go to the mechanic. And I was like, "Um, you know you don't have to go to the mechanic. That just means you need air in your tire. She's like, really? I didn't know that. And so I said, well, you know what? I have an air pump at home. I'll bring it and help you, show you how to do it. Yeah. So then there's two other girls at the table, and they're like, can you show me? Can you show me? So the next day, I bring the air pump in, and I'm out with these girls, showing them how to put air in their tires. And they said, well, can you show us how to check our, our oil? I
3: guess
4: we don't think on those things
0: <coughs> or that thing, those things. But, you know, dads and dads. So we <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my point is, they just didn't have a clue. And it's not their fault. They just don't have a clue. Now, me, on the other hand, when I grew up, I learned a lot of things because my parents took time to actually teach me things. Because right. back when I grew up, it was important for you to know how to do things. So the first thing I'm going to say is, parents are big Parents have to help their kids to learn whatever it is they need to learn. That's critical thinking, but that's also the Bible. That's everything parents have to take responsibility. If you want to turn out an adult, you first of all got to be an adult, and then you gotta help them to be an adult. It doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just wake up the next morning, boom, I'm an adult. They're in college, just cause they're in college don't mean they're an adult. That's not what makes you an adult. You can go through college and still not be an adult, Trust me, I know people 60 years old that still are not adults because they still do stupid stuff. I'm sorry, stupid is a bad word, I know. But I'm just saying, if you just start there, you're going to get a long way. So I know that sounds silly, but the reality is if you just start with the fact that they don't know anything, don't tell them that.
5: Yes. Uh-huh. Obviously, yeah, don't
0: tell them right that.
5: But, That's yeah,
0: you know, just don't tell them that because remember. then you you got a big mess. But anyway, so I, I start there. I just start with the fact that they don't know anything. Then you're going to go up a lot further. So if they don't know anything, then what does that mean? They don't know anything. What? Somebody's got to teach them. All right. So at this point, here's what I think happens a lot of times. Who does the teaching? Now it's YouTube,
3: and we don't know do that it's YouTube. That's right. And even if it may not be right or wrong, wrong or
0: credible, it's still YouTube. Go on the internet. Go
4: on the internet. Mm-hmm.
3: So, like other friends
0: are hanging out with, so... How did you guys learn things? It's just what It was the internet. How did you learn? Because most of you, well, some of you younger ones might actually learn some of the stuff from the internet.
5: Oh, hey, I don't.
0: don't want to. I don't. I hate to be age graded, but for this, we're going to start with the more mature people first. So, if you consider yourself a more mature person in the room, I want you to answer the question first. How did you learn? Come so we'll and look at this side of the room. I can tell you how I learned
6: to ride a bike. Okay. My dad. We had a hill on our property, and my dad walked with me around to the top of the hill. He he got me up on the bike. He steadied it, and he pushed me, and he said, "Ride." <laughs> And I did, he didn't tell me how to stop, <laughs> but I learned how to do that
4: too,
6: <laughs> right. That that was my lesson. In learning to my what about you guys? What are some? Of it? It how the, did you learn?
0: That?
3: It was in the, doing. Um, in the doing, you know, whether
0: it was a chore list or an activity or uh, whatever. A chore list? Isn't that
3: amazing? Yes, yes, the chore list, yeah. <laughs> That's that's a list of chores, by the way. <laughs> 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 to be my kids have that. A yeah. chore is something that you're actually you you working have have do do without pay. Exactly.
4: You're I not think giving it. a list, you just know yeah, what not are doing. You have to define what chores is for because I taught kindergarten for thirty years and the last like five or six years. I would say, Okay, well this is our chore chart, you know, what we're gonna what's a chore? What's a job?
2: Because mom and dad did everything for everything. For for everything within the game instead of a chore. Yeah. Did you want anything to it? Well, I have to say I'm not a helicopter parent, so it's turned out good for us, my wife and I. I can't say that we've over so much. We've let them have to let the kids go out there and they have to do it for themselves at some point so they can actually internalize it and actually learn something. So you'd be able to go to their
0: opportunities own. to. So be this is
2: opening up a lot of things, a lot of ideas. Okay, I probably need to
0: teach my girls a little bit more about the car and things, but they're not what interested. Cause girls. That's like, that's the problem. You might be surprised. I wish they would su- be more interested. In but it's not. It's not always about the task. Yeah. It's also about the relationship. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you taking yeah. time to show them We the do other lot of Right, yeah. but I mean. But if you always do girly things with your daughter i can only take so much <laughs> and late at night you can take the
6: air out of the tire yeah. and let them figure out what to do the next morning while you're still there there's a good trade <laughs> all kinds of things you can do yeah absolutely we also we also had um you know if you want to do this then you have to do this so in that
3: case my dad did not let us get our driver's permit at 15 mm-hmm. until we could change a tire, mm-hmm. check the oil, you know, some things like wow. that. Pump gas, because back then pumping gas all stations wasn't self-serve, but we had to do those before we could even go get our permit. And so it was teaching responsibility yeah. and safety, yeah. you know, it is part of it too. And so, okay, if I've achieved these and I'm willing to do it. Then I can go get my
0: mom. So what has to happen in order for that to happen is you have to think ahead that there actually are some things I need to help teach. And if you were guys when the last session with Jesse, you, that's what he used some of the scripture. But uh, if you look in your if you have your books or whatever, if you looked at the theme verse, mm-hmm. anybody know what it says? It basically says that this generation should teach the next generation, so it'll be passed on. In a nutshell. Can you imagine what the
4: generation
0: Yeah, so if you don't teach them now, What's the next group going to be like? They're just getting stupider and stupider. I mean, I'm just telling you. And you can't fix that with duct tape. No, I'm just telling you. Uh, so really, the, and, and I'm not just trying to be funny. I'm, I'm really trying to help you guys to think about this. Okay? It's not a complicated problem. If you can think critically, you should be able to think, okay, here's the problem. We need to fix the problem. How do we figure out what the problem is in order to fix? See, I'm applying critical thinking processes to you guys while we're in here right now. I'm not trying to give you the answers. I'm trying to help you think critically so you can help your children or college or whoever think critically. Okay? So part of the problem is us. Mm -hmm. How did you learn?
2: Uh, Pretty much the same way my mom or my dad taught me. And then if it was something that either I did not bother to learn as they taught me or whatever, I would look at the pieces of what was going on and just play with it until I figured out how to make it happen. I hope nothing would explode in the process or whatever.
0: (laughs) How about this corner and a little we'll over here? Um, I, I'm not trying to do guessing my days, so I'm not, you know, at some point, I'm, I'm just not really oh, guessing, I'm just sort of...
6: Um, my
4: parents played a lot in showing me how to, you know, what not to do, that type of thing. But I'm also more of a hands-on learner. and know, I want to get in there, and I'm not a book person. Don't give me a book and expect to read it, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to do that. But I'm more of a hands-on, I'm going to get and figure it out. Okay. Well, I mean.
1: mine's pretty much the same. Like, you can show me one time how to do it, but until I get in there and try right. work with it, stand there and guide me along, but let me.
0: Gosh, that was the second point that Jesse made in the last heart, Was you teach and model. Mm-hmm. you were in here. You heard that already. So right. We're just repeating what we've already heard. Okay.
1: No, my dad, my mom was she had a history with drug abuse, but my dad was kind of a single parent. So I learned what not to do for my mom and what to do for my dad, because they are hands-on, getting the doors do it for sale, you know. But I'm sure, I'm 25, i sure old they are. My daughter's five, but I'm kind of a, I guess an old-fashioned type parent in the mentality way, because I, I mean, she's five, but she doesn't have a vacuum. She can wash dishes, she, she's gonna, you know, swap clothes over, she can work you can work a phone, you can work everything in this right. house. That's the kind of parent I am. Even at 25 years old and having a, you know, we earn child in my house. That's good. You know, you just, you work for, you earn your keep around our house. What about you guys? Pretty
0: much the
5: same. We're the same with our children. You know, we can make sure that they have responsibilities. You know, like you said, the chore list. So, like, we didn't get paid for it. My mom would say the water bill, the rent, that's your
4: payment oh right there. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> that's just that the thing that we do at the house the most of my kids are, I want to go. I want to do this. I want to get to go. You know, most of the time we don't mind it, but you're going to do this before mm-hmm. you go. You know, there's stipulations before you get to have fun. There's things that, you know, you're going to have to do before you get to do that. So. And how
5: kind of like you, you say on I uh, didn't you care to learn. Uh, I I could change a tire. I don't trust myself to change a tire. (laughs) Or, like, oh, I could not tell you how to change that. Could not. But the reality is, you were
0: taught how to do it. Yes. You could do it. And if you you don't want to do it, you know what to
5: do to get it done. Exactly. I was like, I don't even think my dad would trust me to do it. So, I really don't.
0: And then I got married, and then I was like, I and, you know, That's why like AAA and other places are rare. Yeah, there are people that can help with <laughs> that. So that. But that's a part of the thinking, is to actually know to call AAA. Yeah, so we had, we had students who went to uh, a thing in Atlanta, so we're in Savannah They went to Atlanta, and they're on the way back, and, and the guy, he's an Indian, he's from Indian descent, he's driving his car, he has a flat. It's like 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. He's got a flat on Interstate 16. Okay, this is just not a good scenario. He's on the other side of Dublin, probably about 10 miles from Dublin. He has a flat. Now there's people in the car with him. So there's four college students in the car. He's Indian, I said this already. His dad is dead. His dad never taught him Jack, so he doesn't know anything. He's not from the United States. He just barely got a car, and he has a flat. So this is what transpired. They ended up spending the night in Dublin because they didn't know what to do. So they, they got taken into Dublin and spent like, money on a hotel because they didn't really know what to do. Not only him, but the other people in the car with him. He actually had a spare that they could have went on, but he didn't even know he had a spare. And nobody in the car thought he'd ask if there was a spare. So they stood on the side of the road, they called, so I was supposed to come, but they never came. The reality is one of our students, their friend, lived in that town. They could have easily called her parents, they would have taken care of them, but they didn't. Instead, I think they called a taxi, took a taxi to Dublin, stayed in a hotel, and the next day got it taken care of. That's just stupid, (laughs) it just is. But the reality is they didn't know what to do. There's no one so it's not about the tire you all know, hear me it's not about the tire it's just that they got in a situation where nobody had talked them and it was forming part a of car. It was collective ignorance. it wasn't just one person it was collective ignorance, and that's the problem so they went off to college they're dumb and everybody else is dumb too so that but thankfully if you teach them your kids the way you are they won't be dumb there are actually some students who do know how to think critically. I just I'm telling you yeah. bad stories, but there really are people who do know how to do this <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. Not as many you <laughs> So I, I want to talk about um Kool-Aid, alright? Any of you ever made Kool-Aid? Anybody made Kool-Aid before? It's pretty simple, right? Sugar. The packet says one packet, one cup because of sugar, and water. add water. Right? Right. So I got this girl. I say to them, we're having an event last night. We need to have something to drink. What are we going to drink? Okay, we'll drink Kool-Aid. Okay, Joe, make some Kool-Aid. She gets a packet of the Kool-Aid. So comes back. How much Kool-Aid do we need to make? And I said, Well, how many people are coming? Uh, fifteen. Oh, probably maybe two gallons to make sure. Okay. How much is that? So, literally, she couldn't take the package, she couldn't figure it out, she couldn't figure out that two quarts and two quarts and four quarts makes a gallon. She couldn't figure mm-hmm. this out. She said, I gotta do math, mm-hmm. yeah. So, the reality is, she couldn't even make Kool-Aid. Now, to me, that's, like,
1: that's sad. That's
0: pretty sad. But nobody's ever taught her. She didn't learn basic math, that two quarts equaled, you know, half a gallon of four, make four. They couldn't tell you how many ounces are in a in a quart or how many ounces end up being in a, bin and a gallon. Can you guys do that? Why she just asked the- Get ready. <laughs> she
5: didn't ask
0: I don't know. I she,
5: say right. but
0: she couldn't make Kool-Aid. So literally I had to walk her through the entire process. But here's the thing. Did y'all notice what I did? At every step of the point, I asked her a question. So now she knows how to make Kool-Aid. No, I joke with it. her, and so yeah. hopefully she can do But the reality is, so all I did was I helped her to learn. So, okay, we're starting with the premise that they don't know anything, and nobody's taught them. So if they don't know, then we've just got to teach them. So that would be the second thing I would say to you. Teach where you can, whether they're yours or not. Whoever they are, start teaching them. Don't do it for them. I think those was to that. I would say that's the biggest problem with most of the students coming now. They don't know how to do anything, not because they haven't been taught. That's part of it, but because somebody's done it before. So let's let's talk about that from a spiritual standpoint. Okay? Let's apply these spirituals to spiritual stuff, because I can tell you that the average student coming to me now is pretty ignorant when it comes to the Scripture, to following God, and all that stuff. Cover us. Let's apply the same principles. Why would they be stupid in spiritual things? Because again, they've not been
3: taught, not been exposed.
0: To them. Not been taught. Haven't shown them. They don't know how to do it. So then, if that's the problem, how do we, we teach it?
2: Teach
0: it. We teach them, but we don't tell them what to do. We don't. We can't do it for them. We have to walk them through it. Now, I'm, I'm trying to keep this in principles because every one of your situations is different. So you have to think critically for your situation to the plot the answer. Are you checking with me on this? All right. Google kind of brought that up. That you do. So the reality is with this generation of students, they are so into their phones and, and their screens. But y'all probably heard a bunch of stuff, but let me just read some stuff out to you. So some, some people call them screen-agers. I think that's a perfect name because they're always on multiple screens at any given time. Like, they multitask all the time. They're, they're usually not on one thing. They're on multiple things at the same time. Um, matter of fact, 84% probably do stuff with the computer open. 84%. That's a lot. So that's just their mind. This is a good cool one for me. They have an eight-second attention span. Think about that. Eight seconds. All right. I want you to real quickly in your mind right now. We're going to all count to eight together. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 1, 2, three, 4, it again. 1, Okay. Did you notice anything? Very subtle.
5: I'm moved every 8
0: seconds. Because if their teaching span is eight seconds, then we've got to realize that we've got to do stuff to be different. Why do you think church on Sunday is the hardest time of the week for them to come and do it? What usually happens on Sunday morning? You, sit, down. you sit still. person <laughs> up front usually is speaking, mostly in one place. There may be some change of voice. Occasionally, some will walk a little bit. They may raise their voice or whatever. But if you're used to eight seconds, you're gonna be bored out of your mind. Sunday school. What are you doing in your Sunday school class? What are you doing in your Sunday school? How is how does your Sunday school passion run?
3: Usually, usually, there's one person who's done the study and leads us. And they just tell
0: you everything. They Tell you
3: everything. There might be one or two pieces of input from the outside
0: group, but that's it. Sure. I hope you notice that I'm not doing that today. <laughs> I think for us to I think there's a place for it. So don't get me wrong. Don't go out here and say preachers don't have a purpose. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying if that that's the reality, we have got to say, okay, here's the problem. We gotta think it through. We gotta do what it means to So when you're teaching your youth or whatever it is you guys are trying to figure out. You know, you got to think through. Okay, I'm going to teach them. I want to teach them. They need to learn these things, so I've got to do it in a way that they actually can learn it. Okay? Does that make sense to everybody? You are checking with me. Um, donuts. <coughs> so we had an event on Thursday night. One of our students works at the donut place in the, well actually she used her family counter runs and so we get lots of free donuts. So she'll call them up and say, Hey you got some extra donuts? We'll get them. So she went and got donuts for our event. We had them in our, our kitchen, and of course everybody loves these donuts because they're from a bakery. You know, this is not like Krispy Kreme donut. This is like a bakery, and um, it's a good bakery. But I can't think of the name right now because y'all may have actually had donuts before. But anyway, um, so she brings them in and she puts them in the kitchen. Well, I hear in the back of my mind somebody saying, "Hey, there's donuts. I'm gonna get me a donut." So I'm like, mm-hmm, that's for tonight." So I went. And the person standing right there. And I'm like, his name is AJ. I said, AJ, no, 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 these donuts were the night. I wrote on there big letters, donuts for damn night. OK? Left them. I go out the room. I'm in my office. A little bit later on, AJ, the guy who was right there when I wrote the thing on there, do not eat these donuts. I hear him asking the girl who brought the donuts, hey, Taylor, can I have a donut? To which she said, sure you can have a donut. And so, so I, I come out of her room. I'm pretty livid at this point. And I come to AJ and I say, hey AJ, do not eat those donuts. Did you not just stand there when I put that sign on there and said, don't eat those donuts? And why would you even ask Taylor? She's not in charge of the donuts. Okay, tell me about that. What just happened? Didn't like
3: the answer you gave and so said, look for a Right.
0: That house is locked. I'm locked. And um, so there's, so in this teaching process and in these things we're doing, part of the struggle is um, they don't like listening to the truth. So let's talk a little bit about truth. Okay. So whenever you decide what is truth for your life, how do you come upon it? When you think about truth in your life, how do you decide what's true for you? How do you decide what is truth in your life? Like, this chair is real. I know this chair is real because I can touch it. I can feel it. I can sit it. That chair is real. It's true. I told you I worked for 33 years as a campus minister. How do you know that's truth? He also told you, yeah, so so he verified it, and you could actually go and look it up and you could find out I'm saying, but how do you, you just going take my word for it?
2: We have no reason to not believe you.
0: Okay, right. right, no reason not to believe me, why?
2: You haven't proven to be untrustworthy yet.
0: <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I mean, if that... get it at face value immediately,
0: then. But... No, no, I'm glad you're doing this is great, this is perfect. So, what does that say about how we come to our truth? So, if anyone seems trustworthy, we take them at their word until we find different. Is that what we do? Is that good or bad?
1: Can be bad.
0: Can be both. What would make it go one way or the other? What we know, what I
5: know, may not be what somebody else knows. You know, like if the Bible, if I, if somebody says something about the Bible and I, and I knew the Bible said differently, it's because I studied it. I knew that that was correct. I could go back and check it.
0: But if you Google it, and Google tells you something, uh,
5: Google
4: ain't always there uh-uh. No. I work in the medical field,
0: honey. Those people call it all the time <laughs> It's true. But how do you get? How do you decide what's truth, like? How do you even decide that the Bible is true? How did you come to decide that the Bible is true for instance? It's been proven it's
1: proven because of and it's been proven. Okay.
0: But how did you get to that you decision? You studied
1: it, you, right. you know, you done your part and your You
0: lived it out. You've been
4: past a lot of generations.
0: It. You were taught it? Right.
4: You taught it, yeah.
0: Okay, again, you know what so I'm trying to I'm trying to get you to think about how did you get to truth?
4: You read it through your filters
2: too, and your life experiences. Okay. Right. A lot of them their truth is going to be whatever works for them.
3: That's right. That's what I was going
0: to say. This generation, uh, they're, they're called a post Christian generation. Like, they don't start with a Christian worldview. Okay? When I was raised, I was raised with a Christian worldview. You know, Thirty years ago, most of the United States still kind of had a Christian worldview. Well, that's not the average worldview anymore, okay? We, but I think sometimes when we're teaching the, this next generation, we teach them as if they're where we are. They're not there. Just because they're in the church doesn't mean they have a Christian worldview. As a matter of fact, um, Jesus had the same problem with the Pharisees way back when. There were a lot of people in the church who don't have a proper worldview about God and Jesus or any of that stuff. So, again, if you've got to help them, prepare them, you've got to know where they're coming from, and they may not be starting at the same place you are. As a matter of fact, when, when we do evangelism on campus now, Um, I have to start at a different place. I have to get people to God before I'm getting to Jesus. You all hearing what I'm saying? Because there's lots of gods out there. There's lots of ways people can go. And if you don't get them to God, you can't even get to Jesus. So what do we typically do? We want to go straight to Jesus. And I'm not, I I want to get to Jesus. Y'all hear me, I'm not 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 Jesus. Jesus is the answer. But some people can't get to Jesus because they they haven't gotten to God. They haven't even got to the bottom of of It's radical. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, that's where they're coming from. So if we're going to teach them, if we're going to train them, we've got to think critically ourselves to be figure out how to do that in the world in which they live. Um, <clears throat> let me see if I can just throw out a couple of things that make that make a little more sense. Uh, yeah, I want to make sure it's this. So. One in 11 students are classified as engaged Christians. One out of 11. Uh, what do you think that means, an engaged Christian? In light of what we're kind of talking about. Active. Active is another way of saying it, yeah. They live out what wow. they're saying about their faith. They know what it is enough that they can actually live it out. So they have some thinking, critical skills, that they can take what they've heard index yeah, but that's only one in a uh, There was an article yesterday in the Christian Index. I don't know if you guys get the Christian Index or not. Uh, the new professor at Shorter, who teaches New Testament and Old Testament, he gives a survey at the first of his class every year, and uh, he divides uh, church people, or Christians or people, in three categories. So when he have students come in, he gives them a test, and then based on their answers, he puts them in three categories. Unashamed, unaware, and unsure. So the unashamed ones are those one in eleven that are okay with living their faith out. There's those who don't know anything at all, and then there's the unsure ones. Those are the churchy ones. You may tell you who I have the biggest problem with it's those people. It's the unsure ones. Because if you're a hellion, I know what you need. And if you're really a Christian, I know what you need too. But if you're playing the game and you're uncertain, I have a clue what to do with you. But unfortunately, that's the majority of the people we're giving. Okay. So again, if that's the reality, okay, if that's the reality. What kinds of things do we do to fix it? If, if we start with the premise that most of them are unsure, so what do they need? If they're unsure, what do they need? We need to give them in the truth. We need to read out the Bible. And find out what it says. They need the certainty. Of the word. They it's need like, to know why we believe the Bible. All the things that we said, we get truth from. They just need to know that. They don't need you to give them another sermon. They need for you to act upon the sermon that you've already told to. right. and Tell you know, them. And help them understand what. kind
1: mm-hmm. of back what Jesus said about the teaching and modeling. Absolutely. They, they know it's for real because they see you doing it.
0: Exactly. Is this making sense? I'm, am, am I helping it in any way? I hope so. I'm just trying to hit on a couple really kind of key things. Um, the computer is a big deal, just in terms of that. Just affects everything about them. Um, so in my lifetime, uh, I remember growing up in a little small country town where we had a party line. You, you know folks know yeah. what that means.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Does anybody know what a party? You don't know what a party line is? So let me tell you. This is what a party line is. So when the phone rings, if it was a short ring. That was our neighbors. If it was a long ring, it was us. So in other words, if it was brrrring, brrrring. That was our phone. We picked it up. Okay. Now, if there's a short ring, burr, burr, that was our neighbors. Okay. But suppose it was a short ring. We didn't pick up the phone. The neighbors are on the phone. Well, I want to call somebody. I pick up the phone. Well, my neighbors are still talking on their phone because we basically shared the same line. That would be a party line.
5: I like I really that was I. back
0: in the day. That was the first thing I came up with. I remember the first time my parents came home with a bag phone, the you know, original, you know, big pocket, uh-huh. big, uh-huh. big yeah. bag with a big thing. Exactly. You know, and now, now I got a computer where I actually can see my son and talk to him right here. So in my lifetime, it's changed a lot. I remember watching the Jetsons as a kid, cartoons. Y'all know the Jetsons.
5: Know, so, so
0: there's this cartoon back in the day, <laughs> back before all of this, where they actually talk to people on TVs and stuff, just like we do now. Actually, further back in that, Dick Tracy, a cartoon wow. character, he used to talk on his watch. Yeah. So anyway, it's just in my lifetime, I've so seen. So not
4: the beepers that we had now before so, cell phones. Oh, yeah. oh yeah! Oh yeah!
0: Yeah. Here's my point. I've seen all that in my life. These folks have not seen any of that. They, they've never not had a cell phone. And they've and never not, not had a cell phone. So think about it, just that shakes their world. Just that that's That's just a big one. And sometimes I have to just grasp what does that really mean. Um, and I know y'all are with some of that in some of the other sessions, What I, I, so I won't go so off. Let me share this quick thing. Yeah. Summer missions orientation. Marissa uh, is our
6: missions person in our department, and one of the things she asks at summer missions orientation or launch weekend, want everybody to take their phone, put it in a bag, put it in a box for the next three hours. You'd have thought. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh.
6: You'd have thought. that?
1: Uh,
2: well,
6: yeah, we well, tried well, that for an hour well,
1: with our youth, and they like to die.
6: Just, Just, I mean, three hours, uh, and really almost lost and we're not really we're still glad we did it and we'll probably do it again but some people lost the ability to function mm-hmm. because of what they didn't have in their hand and that, that, that it's one thing to say you know I miss it or I wish I was more in touch but you lose the ability to function because you don't have that okay.
0: That is the name for that. They've oh, actually given it a name. Nomophobia they they, they, when they lose their cell phone, they don't know what to do. That's what they call it now. There's another thing that goes right with this, and I hear this all the time. It's called FOMO. Anybody know what that stands for? Yep. The fear of missing out. FOMO. So that's not just with cell phones, but that's like stuff. So if we have something, uh, an event, and everybody's hanging out, Nobody ever wants to leave. Because they're scared if they leave, something will happen once they're gone. Y'all seen that? That's a big deal. So everything's kind of tied back to this idea of having a phone and having everything instant and things like that. So a part of our struggle with teaching is we got to get past that. So here. So how do we get past that? I mean, what Joe said is a great thing. Basically, we're asking them to unplug. That's exactly what they need. They need to unplug We've got to teach them to unplug. The verse that comes to my mind is out of Psalms where it says, Be still and know that I am God. If I can't be still, how can I know God? So it's at the very foundation of that relationship. So I would say one of the things you can start with your teaching is just saying, hey, for the next 30 minutes or the next hour or whatever, I don't care how much they balk it, get them to unplug. I don't know what you do at your dinner table, but my wife tells us put your cell phone away when well, we need no cell phones at the right. table sometimes that's hard even for me but we do it we don't bring our cell phones in my boys will try to bring them underneath the table she like, all right put them away and my boys are 20, 22 23 because they 23 and 24 and they still try to sneak in there and try to do it but that's what they need they need to unplug so in your teaching and your modeling i would say that's one of the things you got to do We've got to get them to unplug and to connect going back to the whole truth thing what they need is truth so what are the things that we need to give them we need to give them the truth they need a moral compass right they need to know which direction to go most of you said there's a lot of uncertainty and they get to college they don't know what to do well they know what to do if you give a compass if you're lost in the woods what do you take a compass so for us the compass ought to be the word Hey, I'm just reiterating the same stuff Jesse just said earlier today, just in a little bit different way. Um, I want to get to this one real quick. Um, safe spaces. Are you aware of that? Safe spaces? Talk to me about what do you think? When you think of safe spaces, what does that say to you?
3: At the university, um, we have the opportunity as faculty and staff to go through safe space training and then we can a sign up on our desk or on our syllabus. So it a student is having an issue, um, and they know that they can come to us, and it's a safe space where there will not be bullied or judge or uh, anything. And we will help get them the resources they need, whether it's counseling or a group or something like that. That's, that's what it is to for us. I know
4: when I first saw it, it was at a gas station, and it was a place where um, these women could come to get away from the abuser, and the gas station people
0: get the correct help. That's the first time I ever saw it, you know, written somewhere. Well, as the campus ministers and with our small groups that we try to teach, we try to teach everybody that, hey, this is a safe space. You can come here, you can explore And And at the one hand, that's really, really good. But what's happening in our society now is everybody's so used to it. i got to have my safe space that they don't know how to deal with stuff because everything's been made safe. If everything's made safe, then you can't ever really deal with anything and you can't really learn. So safe spaces on the one hand is a good thing, but on the other hand, really, it's not really helped. It's really hurt. And, and it seems like it's the thing we're doing all over the place now. Um, I just learned last week that in the residence halls um, at our campus, we have one wing That's just for people who choose any letter, the LBG, whatever thing. It's their safe space. They've got their own hallway. Now, I'm not sure how they get by with that because nobody else gets their own hallway. But they have a safe space. That's that's their safe space. But how does that help? I mean, in the end, it really doesn't help. A lot of things we do sometimes don't end up helping. They end up magnifying the problem and making. So don't hear me saying I don't like safe spaces. I'm saying that safe spaces sometimes keep you from actually doing things you really need to do uh, in order to do. I hear this all the time from students. I'm just so confused. I don't know what to do. The reason they don't know what to do is because they, they don't know how to deal with anything. They've not been given any situation. So it's not just fixing a tire. It's like how you go through just learning something basically. Like, I guess I have a different view on bullying, too. So when I was in the fifth grade, I was chased down every day at lunch and thrown in the formation. Would that be bullying? And probably those guys that chase me down right now think they, they knew about it back then would probably be sent to the principal's office or dismissed from school correctly. But because I love Jesus and because I was a stronger person, this is my takeaway. I'm much faster and much more agile than I was before. And as a Christian, When I got into high school and into college, I was always looking out for them. So bullying, yes. But did bullying help me? Yes. But if we protect everybody from everything, then we got a problem. don't get me wrong. There's bullying that that doesn't need to happen. Um, I'm not talking about just nothing. And that probably didn't need to happen to me either. And the Lord just blessed me to be able to get through it. But but making things safe sometimes actually sometimes magnifies this idea so you want to create a place where people can dialogue. That's what you want. You want dialogue. You, you, you got this like facial expression. I didn't know if that was agony or if you actually... Are you freezing too? I think everybody's cold.
6: Joe
0: Joe loves things cold. This is cold bear Joe. Joe. So. I
6: have not touched the
0: Oh wow, I, I'm, I'm surprised Joe. I really thought it was you. <laughs> The, the other issue that goes with this whole safe space thing, and I have to bring this in there too, is um, they uh, have a hard time developing their own identity. It's a really big issue. Uh, so, how did you come to figure out who you were as a person? I was
1: seeing what I didn't want to be in other
0: people. You watched other people, so you don't want to do that, okay?
1: More of a longer type person. I had my own. I didn't want to be with the ones that were out here doing God knows what that you ain't supposed to be doing. Okay. Whereas kids nowadays, oh, I have to have that and I have to look like this one and I need to be skinny like that one over there. Instead of being comfortable in their own skin, I mean, you're made in his image, right? Right.
0: But how did you come to get that? That you're okay to be who you were in God's skin? I'll tell you for me, look, I told you I was bullied, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you probably won't believe this, but I actually was really very shocked. When I went to school, I didn't talk to anyone. I sat in my seat, and the teacher didn't call me, and I didn't say a word. I had a couple friends, but I really didn't have very many friends. At church, I was comfortable. I loved church. It was a safe space. It was great. I was good there. I was actually a different person at church. So I was to the rails, but I was comfortable. But everywhere else, I wasn't comfortable. Um, I know you can't tell now, but I actually used to work out a lot. But one of the reasons I worked out a lot is because I got tired of being picked up. So I decided, you know, I'm going to do something about this. So I started working out. But I did it for my own benefit. So I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Got to high school, everybody played sports. At the school I went to, I graduated with 500 to my people. The year that I graduated, they started two high schools, so 300 and some other people graduated from the school. There'd been 800 of us graduating in one class. It was a big place. But at my school, sports and the band was where it was at. I sang in the choir. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> right? Right. Right. right? So, all right, the okay. picture this, shy, shy, singing in the choir. working was to look on his face. Work, working out, so would mess with me. It wasn't until I got to college, like I left home. uh, This is what it was for me. First time I ever saw my granddad cry was on the Sunday I left for church. I left from church to go off to college. Nobody went with me. I packed my car, I got in my car, and I went to college. I didn't want my mama to go because I know she's going to cry, so I'd sooner stay home and cry at home. So I got my car and I let my granddad cry. I went to school. I was welcomed by a hurricane. It was not a good situation, just to say, but I was forced. do things but it really wasn't until I got there that people actually liked me just the way I was I didn't have to work out I didn't have to play sports I didn't have to be in the band I could be who I was but what really changed me was when I understood that God created me the way he wanted me and I found my identity in Christ and that's exactly what you're talking about that's what we've got to teach them because otherwise, they're going to be bombarded by this other stuff. We don't teach them to find their identity in Christ. Notice, I didn't say going to church. Be in church, you can find your identity in Christ. I That's know. what they need.
5: That's one thing, And I wasn't laughing at you. It, I, I, don't
0: sang, I don't care. I don't care.
5: My in the school choir tunes, But he was also in the band. Okay, so, <laughs> speaking, um, you know, we always grew up in what you would be when you grow up. And I notice now most people say, or they encourage you to say, "What's the Lord want you to be when you grow up?" And I try to remember that because what I want to be when I grow up might not be God's plan. Right. That's
0: actually a really good question.
5: And you know, so you—that's one way um, I think to help people figure out who they are is for them to realize. And and I hear kids say this all the time. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do and how I got to live and this and that, you know, because I have a 14 year old. And I said, honestly, when, you know, no matter what you decide, it's really not your decision anyway, because either God gave you that idea because you're a Christian, or Satan gave you that idea because he wants you to do wrong. So honestly, no matter what decision you make, it's never your decision. That's good. I mean, he probably
0: never, didn't know what to do with that information, did he? No, he just said that. <laughs> He probably just said
5: that. <laughs> and I mean, you think about it, I mean, government rules you. Your job rules you. Your husband might rule you. Your wife might rule you. Your kids may try to rule you. I mean, honestly, there is nothing out there that is just what I want to do. Well, and that's one of the things we've actually taught with our
4: Sunday school class um, a couple of times because... God took you out of the equation years ago. Right. You know when He bought you at a price and died on the cross for you. You became His, and if you were going to live for Him, it's His way. If you decided to live for your way, it's actually Satan's Safe way. Life. So right. you don't have a say in life. Just the one the other.
0: So you guys think i preaching tool. right now? <laughs> <laughs> See, well, okay, but look here. So we <laughs> created a place for us to get our questions answered. I try to facilitate and give you something to do. Try to help you to think critically so then you in turn can help other people to think critically. That's really what it's all about. So this is good. You know, we start getting encouraged by what we do. That's the kind of environment that these students are looking for. They're just looking for a real environment, just like some real people, living out their faith, talking about Jesus. You actually do have to talk about Jesus. Um, they're not going to learn about osmosis. You actually got to talk about it. You actually got to do something. You, know, you actually got to teach something. It doesn't just happen. I want to hit on one more thing. I know time's almost up. Um, so, safe spaces. But I also want to talk about this myth of safety. One of the other things is uh, so, parents really like to be, have the kids to be safe and worried about it. Like I think you mentioned, you're really worried about your daughter going on to school. This is not picking on you. But you care about her, so you want her to be safe. But the reality is, we don't have any control over that. I think. And God doesn't call us to safety. As a matter of fact, I think he probably calls us the opposite of that. But we try to make everything safe. So I'm gonna just encourage you in terms of your kids or whoever you're working with, you've got to give them to God. And 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 they've got to know that you've given them to God. That's a part of you giving them your blessing. Give them your blessing when they go off to school to go to a church and find their way. They need your blessing. They need you to encourage them and give them that. They don't need you to hold the rates back. I was on campus Saturday night we're passing out flyers for the event we had. Move in was Thursday. Saturday, Saturday night. This is like 8 o'clock Saturday night. Move in was Thursday. And I saw parents with their daughter still on campus on Saturday night. And you know what I would say to them? Go home!
5: It's really They make their parents leave. They don't let them stay. I'm just saying, I just, that's what I want to say, go home, and I know it's a parent, that's
0: hard, but the reality is, you need to give your kid your blessing, you need to let them go, because that's the way they learn, if you hold on to keep everything safe, they can not learn, I know y'all were talking about, just mind me for a little bit, talking about you got youth that want to keep staying in youth group, you don't want to go up to college, Kick the pucks out! Send them over there! <laughs> if you let them come back, you're just as much part of the problem And I've seen what
4: you're yeah. saying that sometimes,
1: yes, but, but, they have, but we
4: don't, we don't want them to
1: straight. not come to church.
0: I understand that, but...
1: So, we're going to use them... What you going to do? Our plan was yes. like... Because right now we're just starting to use now. No, we're not. No, I'm we're just going to lead, you, guide, direct them into becoming what we are. By keeping them in that youth room, once, you know, when we say out, out of the month, okay, Alex, it's your turn to teach, you want to be in the youth room, you want us to, leave guide, direct you, you to the path. Right. Yes. I can live
0: with that. as as They're going to
1: have, have to stay in If they want to stay in there, they're going to have the responsibility that we have in teaching the others that are younger than they are.
2: Although for what we've found is that a few of them want that responsibility, but their lifestyle and the way that they present right. themselves on social media right. and right. what they say yeah, about finishing right. the right. back of others right. because they're mad because they won't be allowed to be a kid still shows that they're not ready for that. Right. And I'm sorry,
0: I'm not trying to pick on y'all. Actually, she just tell me the most. Sure, sure, I wouldn't. <laughs> not <meddling>. But I'm <laughs> just saying, at some point, you you can't keep them on the tip. Okay. I'm just saying, you can't. Yeah, you gotta let them off. All right. I mean, let's be I'm sorry clean. to talk yeah. straight, well, Man, that's,
4: that's what we're talking
5: I mean, about. No, that's like, I had. I had a parent that you know there were there was a parent talking about not wanting their child to go to college and go away and all that. And this other parent looked at him and said, "Well, isn't that what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to raise them. That once they graduate, they go. They go. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to raise them until they're graduated and then." go out, you leave, and we hadn't done that,
0: and so we can see that, that, that uh, because of
5: all the parents and grandparents, I mean, all the children and grandchildren
3: that still live in moms daddy's houses. Okay. Can I
0: throw out two
3: things? Sure, absolutely. Something that you might consider um, is there has to be like four years age difference in the group they work with. So if they're 18 or 19 or 20, then they can only work with the 6, 7, eight graders, mm-hmm. Because that way they're not stuck right. with their buddies or they're right. not, you know, pulling together. Right. Right? So that's, that's an idea. So there has to be something I think that's written
5: in our bylaws. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, is it? Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, and so that's something. Um, and the other thing I was going to say along that is I've been amazed since, again, i just sent off the of twins to college, I have been shocked by some of the moms that are. Well, I'm still tracking them, and I see they went to class today, and I'm I'm on their Instagram, and I'm on. their No, let them go, let them go, and it I just, you know, they're just moment by moment tracking their kids on college campus right. through
4: their apps or
6: their whatever, and I'm just. Oh. She's, the on, exactly. her, she's yeah. on the Instagram she knows about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. right? No, the really Instagram,
4: she but the yeah, fact that they are tracking try
3: them <laughs> moment by moment. So I I tried tried to to to
0: Look, let me just bring this back in. Um, <laughs> so I said earlier that engaged students are like one in 11. But most of the su- surveys and the, the everything everybody says is those people are engaged because they're parents. Right. So if <laughs> you're engaged in the gospel and in, in discipleship and you're teaching your child or remember some of your care then at some point you got to trust God that he's going to do what he's going to do. So, I mean, I'm really all about pushing people on. I mean, I'm not trying to get rid of people. If, if you, if, I'm, I don't want somebody to not go to church, but if a person's just coming to church and they're not growing in their faith, we don't do any good for them to let them just keep hanging out. Right. Mm-hmm. Y'all hear me on that? I, I think for a long time, the church has just let like people just hang out. We don't need anybody else hanging out. Go hang out at the club. Go hang out at the football club, which is what most people do anyway. Right? But at least you know. <laughs> I like the fact that it's getting clearer of who the believers are and who they're not. Because it's easier to deal with them. And the ones who play the game are the hardest. They're the difficult So let's not foster of that. We, we need to get past the churchy stuff. We need to get to the deep stuff. So whatever that means for you in your service things, whether it's your daughter your wife. you got a little bit more time to get her ready. So whatever that means for you, you can figure it out. You know how to think critically, right? So I don't have to tell you what to do. What have you thought about social media? About what you might do with your daughter? What thoughts have come to you?
2: Well, probably about what I need to prepare for. And to, you know, teach her a few things I may have, you know, it. And uh, she's really, really spiritual. She's yeah. definitely. She's got, she, uh, is already she's engaged in the church. She uh, helps with music. She sings right here at right church here, and uh, the other one sings too. We're all in the Okay. So I mean, that end of it, but having like the common sense things and just being able to function, she just personally needs more help. And then the other one has all. The, she's got all the common sense. It's like yeah. she <laughs> took it all. <laughs>
0: well, but you know that. So now, I know. now you could, Now you know what to do. To help yeah. Her. So, your daughter just left off at school. Okay. So, based on today and what we've talked about, what, what can you do differently? Um, what should you do differently? What do you want to do
2: differently? I mean, I think we were all on the right track anyway. Like yesterday, we took her to lunch before this started. Yep. We lived two hours away. And we knew we were, before we even she knew she was coming here, we knew this. We were already signed up this weekend before she decided on Thursday, so we were already coming. But um, at lunch, she was like, I just really miss y'all and family at home at night. Sure. And she said, I just really wish I could come home. She knows that's not choice, but she said, I wish I could come home. And I said, but you won't meet your goals at home. And I kept it like, I'm not going to cry in front of you about it. You know? But it was hard. So I'm sad she's sad, yeah. but I know that in a few weeks, yeah. it will feel more like home here. And, and you So still, it's hard yeah. for me and it's hard. But you did the
0: right thing. You helped her because you knew that's what she needs. And so sometimes it's not easy to do the things that we need to do. It's not easy to decide with these knuckleheads, you know, where do they fit in and making sure they fit in. It's not easy. But you've got to do the things that it takes, whatever that means. So we, we've got to think critically in order to be able to help. them, And that just helps all of us. So it's not a, it's not a physical or emotional or spiritual thing. It's all of us. And they need all of it. And just to invest in, give us the back. Give them the best. Okay, time is up. I'll be running if you guys want to ask any questions. I have you. Uh, Thanks. Hopefully that was helpful. Um, you know, I try to prepare, but I also try to think about who's in the room and try to get where you are. So hopefully we got there. If not, I apologize. And you can blame Joe. Now <laughs> yeah. yeah, do you know why I wanted Tony to do this
6: one?
0: <laughs> I do want to pray uh, for you guys and, and that God will take you back to wherever you are and that it will use you right where you are with the people he's given you to do the things you need to do because you're where you are I'm not I'm where I am because that's where he wants me to be so just pray that all of us will be what God wants to be. thank you for this God did you give thanks for an opportunity to be together with like-minded people who care about others and we desire Lord for them to grow in you and I do pray Lord that uh, for each one who's in this room as they go back to their churches and to their homes and to places of worship and just to the parents God. You would guide them and direct them as they did with their own kids and other kids. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them to, as they rely on you and as you give them wisdom and you direct their steps, help them to know what to do, help them know how to do it, Lord, and when to do it, Lord, and Lord, you just work it out for them. Lord, ultimately, that's what we want. We want our lives to be what you want them to be. We want to shine you brightly so that others might rejoice you. We pray, Lord, that you strengthen us in that. we bless you with our lives. We pray all these things in your strong Amen. Thank you very much.
6: You're welcome.